Welcome to episode 22 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined by the so-host, Seth Ott. Hi. <laughs> Seth is very enthused about episode 22. You can clearly tell by the excitement in his voice. Well, I don't know about you, Seth, but uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of stats, statistics, and the like. Uh, it's, one of the, it's, one of, it's one of a couple reasons why I like Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> Because they, they're always keeping track of their statistics and reporting them, and I think it's very interesting. Mm. And uh, nothing gets, me, nothing gets ex- me excited like numbers, you know? There's a lot of other examples you could have went with, like sports or... Oh, sports are cool. Yeah, I like sports. Yeah. Because of the stats. <laughs> the numbers, yeah. I guess in both instances, there's probably a lot of sweaty movements involved. Yeah, there's a uh, lot, of, lot, of, lot of sweat and probably... I'm glad I get to watch them on TV because they smell a lot worse in person. Mm-hmm. So, just a lot of similarities between sports and, and Pornhub. Yeah. Um, among them, of course, are the statistics. Now, another company that everyone loves is Netflix, and they're now getting into the business of reporting statistics for their different, um, their di- <laughs> the different watch uh, tendencies of people and, and some of the interesting things. And what was really funny about this last week, or this past week, is that Netflix is apparently putting a bunch of people on blast now on Twitter. <laughs> trolling them. <laughs> yeah, there, the one that I saw, There's there's been a few of them, but the one I saw was, uh, what, is it called The Christmas Purpose? Is that what it's called? Some, a Christmas Prince or something. Yeah, Christmas Prince, yeah. I think is what it is. And someone had watched it, was it 18 times in a, in a row? Or 18 times, like 18 straight days or something like that. And they're like, yeah. what, what did someone do to you? Is what they said. <laughs> um, I also saw one that someone watched the B movie 357 times. Good Lord. Since it's been on there. like. <laughs> okay, that's awful. Yeah. That's worse than the other And there's thing. one other one. Let me pull it up. Someone had watched Pirates of the Caribbean for a year straight, 365 days. Every, Every day. day for a year they yeah. watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is wrong? This, it's got to be bots, right? There's no way people are actually No, it's this people. Stuff. I, you have to believe it's people. I mean, otherwise it's not as fun. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm glad they're not tracking, or I hope they're not tracking me, because uh, they'd be seeing a lot of everyday viewings of My Little Pony Adventures. Yeah, in case you forgot, Seth was a brony. He's <laughs> all over that on Netflix. So watch out for Seth's personalized Twitter blast, uh, probably going out soon for Netflix. Let's get to the news, and I want to start briefly in video games. Really only one piece of news. Uh, I'm excited about this. There was an article that came out this week about uh, Blizzard. Blizzard, if you don't know, a big game developer. Delicious ice cream. Also delicious ice cream. Um, But specifically, you might know World of Warcraft. That's put out by Blizzard. Also, like, Overwatch, Diablo, and a few other titles. Um, But those are kind of the big ones. Anyway, big report came out this week. Apparently, it's been... um, I don't know if officially confirmed, but it has been mentioned now that there are sequels in the works for both Diablo and Overwatch. So those are two of their biggest sellers uh, of the last handful of years. So a lot of folks excited about that. I know I'm a big Overwatch fan. Uh, I know you haven't played that one, Seth, but it's, it's super fun. One of the best multiplayer experiences in years, in my opinion. Super fun. Big eSport following now um, for Overwatch. Uh, I've not played Diablo. Have you ever Have you ever tried Diablo? Mm-mm. I don't know much about it. Um, I know we have a couple friends that play it. I, th- I think Mike plays it or has played it. But um, another one that's kind of a really 
a little bit older computer game, but it's kind of grown as the tech has, and apparently it's pretty sweet. So those two sequels, I think uh, 2019 or 2020 is what they're talking, but those are in the works. So well, video games that'll probably be 2021 or 2022 because they always get pushed off. Yeah, they're always slower than they say, so we'll see. But rest assured, sequels are on the way if you're a fan of those two games. Sports. Let's talk sports, and it's really all football for us this week, which has kind of become the norm lately as, yeah. as the playoff push happens. And uh, not a good weekend for the Vikes and Rams. No, but, I forgot the Rams lost. Yeah, both both losers in this one. Really, the uh, the playoff picture is not really affected very much. Uh, nope. v- Vikings stay the two seed. Eagles are one. Uh, Rams are three. And so uh, not a lot changes. Uh, both, both teams are kind of still in control of their own destiny. Vikings, I think, can still... Um, they just need one more win. They to... just got to beat the Bengals this weekend, or a loss by both the Packers and the Lions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I so think it's... I'm hoping to buy a buy an NFC North Champions T-shirt this weekend. <laughs> well, it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, another a really big game, potentially an America's Game of the Week type game. Uh, Rams are going to Seattle this weekend, mm-hmm. and this is a huge game for the rest of the season because. Right now, the Rams have a one-game lead on Seattle, but if they lose, then they'll become tied, and Seattle will have swept the Rams. So Seattle could end up on top of the NFC West and getting that that higher seed in the playoffs. If that did happen, it's likely that the Rams would still make the playoffs, Mm -hmm. but they would still be coming off two straight losses and now be a wild-card team and have to travel rather than getting a home game in L.A., which, strangely enough, maybe home field advantage is not so much of an advantage (laughs) for the Rams, uh, we watched a lot of that Eagles Rams game over the weekend, and it was a, it was mostly Eagles fans. Yeah, it sounded like an away game. Yeah, uh, so it's interesting. I don't. I, I'm hopeful that the Rams will be able. I think they're the better team, but it's harder to it's hard to go in Seattle and win. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. But Seattle also coming off a loss that won in kind of an ugly game um, against Jacksonville, and it was a fun game. It was right. fun to watch. Exciting, a lot of big plays. But the the biggest. <laughs> The most exciting play to me, and I think to you as well, came after the after the final horn. Yeah, it was in the last like thirty seconds of the game, and I can't remember who the player's name is. Uh, uh, here I'll tell you. He's he was he's actually a backup. Quentin Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson. He uh, he gets thrown out because there there was a play that happened where a bunch of players there was like eight flags plus hats. The rest <laughs> were throwing their hats because they ran out of flags. A um, bunch of people got ejected. A bunch of penalties, and then the next play. He did the same thing, and he got ejected. And as he's walking on his way out, a beer, and I, I saw this. Like I, I saw it in like slow motion because this is amazing. Um, a beer flies out of the stands, and he like it. It's way far away from him. It's not. This one's not even close to the first one. And he stops. Like he's walking towards the tunnel. He stops and like beelines towards the stands, and he's like trying to find the guy who did it. He's like, who did that? Who did that type of thing? And then another one gets thrown at him. As he's like starting to walk away, and this one is like a centimeter from his head, <laughs> and so he he sprints towards the wall and like starts climbing up it. And there's like two two of the small security guards I've ever seen trying to pull him down, and Quint Jefferson's just screaming and like he's like rabbing towards people and stuff. It was amazing. I don't know if he got suspended or what for it, but it was. It was like the closest thing we've gotten to Ron Artest. <laughs> Ron Artest. I never forget the Ron Artest. Yeah, this was crazy. Uh, I, I haven't heard of any any discipline coming down on him uh, yet, if there's going to be. I think we would have heard by now yeah. if there was. So uh, I don't know. This is really weird to me because 
the question becomes, you know, should the players, should the players really be able to not listen to everything the fans are saying at him and not react when they throw things at mm-hmm. him? Yeah, I think a, a lot of folks are going to say like he should have stayed level headed and walked off and stuff. But at some point, you got to draw the line. Yeah, he's not being suspended. I just checked. Nothing's um, happening to him. No, he's not suspended for that. So. Oh man, it was some of my favorite television I've watched all year. Just that two minutes. <laughs> I was really hoping that he was going to get up there and beat the piss out of <laughs> because it's one like I don't know. It's one thing to like boo football players and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's some lard ass who's never done a sit up that's up there fucking hurling beers yeah. down onto the field. Like, come on, man, give him a fucking break. Like you just paid two hundred dollars probably for that seat, and you're going to throw shit at the players. Yeah, you know that guy deserved to get his ass kicked, and I I. I didn't, a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, he should have held his temper and he's supposed to be held to a higher standard. And I think that's bullshit. I think after a certain point, you got to stand up for yourself. <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> I loved every second of it. It was pretty funny, especially those little weenie security guards trying to hold <laughs> yeah, him back. Because they didn't get any more people out there. And he always, the two of them combined. Yeah. Oh, man, it was great. <laughs> so last week, we had a, a football game on Thursday night, as we typically do. This one was between the Saints and Falcons and was a pretty competitive game. Um, all the way through. That yeah, was fun. But the uh, the Saints had a lot of injuries in that game. I think there were three or four players leave, including mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, who's one of the breakout stars this year. And uh, they were asking Sean Payton about it after the game, and he was very adamant, as he and a lot of the other players and coaches have been in the past, mm-hmm. that these Thursday games are bad for the health of the players mm-hmm. and bad for the game yep. um, in general. Something I know that you and I have talked with or talked about off mic. Um, and I know for me, I I don't like the Thursday mm-hmm. games. I think that it's too short a time to recover after playing on Sunday. You have three days to recover from that, yep. and then you're expected to turn right around and do it again. Yep. Not only the health of the players, but the quality of the game isn't as good because yep. the guys are just worn out. They're tired, yep. I like it for the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's kind of a, a nice kickoff and gets you excited and gets you ready for that first Sunday. I like the Thanksgiving, obviously. That's a tradition. That should stay. Um, other than that, though, it's, yeah, like I said, it's people get hurt and the games are not, like, there's been, this is the only, I watched this, almost this entire game for the Atlanta and, and, and New Orleans. Basically, the only Thursday night game I watched the entire game for, and, and this is the only one, there's been, like, two or three maybe other ones that have been good. Mm-hmm. Out of 16 games, three are good, and the rest are all just bad. And, and some of it's the scheduling, like, the teams aren't matched up very mm-hmm. well. Like, this is probably the best matchup they've had. But otherwise, it's it's just not good. Like, they need to stop doing it. I think, now, there is one way I think this could work. And it's, if, if my team has to play on Thursday, it should follow a bye. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. If I can go on a bye and have the extra week to, to prepare, mm-hmm. sure, fine, have a game on Thursday. Yeah. But, of course, then you're limited to less weeks, right, because there are less buys. Yeah. Um, but I think that would really help if they if they're if they're gonna cling to the Thursday game because they want the extra ratings or whatever. Fine, but give teams a buy first. I honestly think though that it doesn't. I mean, it helps ratings on Thursdays. Fine, but there, I mean, ratings have been down in the NFL mm-hmm. uh, on the Sundays and Monday games. Um, I think that people get tired of it. It, it. It's a football overload, and when you have it on what normally is four nights a week or three nights a week, and then it's gonna be four the last few weeks now because of the saturday games like Mm -hmm. and then you got college people who like college football like people get it's the law of diminishing returns you know it's it it, i don't know i I mean i always watch football but i don't watch thursday games sometimes because they're just either bad or i don't want to you know i just i want to wait till sunday to watch the games yep i don't know and i don't i rarely watch a monday night game anymore unless there's a 
good matchup or some teams I'm interested in. It's just the Sundays. Like, Sunday football's on all the time in our house. Yep. Three TVs, <laughs> constant football. But other than that, it's like I don't care to watch it the other days. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so either. And, yeah, I doubt that they end up going away from the Thursday games mm-hmm. um, unless there's some real pressure put on by the Players Association, specifically about their health. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be a good look for the NFL to at least check into some other options if it's bye weeks or anything like that mm-hmm. because they need to at least pretend to care about the player's health, yeah. uh, especially in the wake of all the concussion stuff that's going on. So I don't know, but I, I hope that they take Peyton. You know, Peyton's a really res- respected coach and a big um, – he's got a lot of influence in the league, so I hope they listen to him and uh, so many of the other coaches and players that are speaking out against this because I, I do agree with him. I think the Thursday game should, shouldn't be – shouldn't continue in their current form. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, really, really sad news came out of the uh, Rams and Eagles game on Sunday. Eagles have uh, second-year quarterback Carson Wentz, who's, I think to a lot of people, the MVP of the season um, is what they're saying about him. Uh, He uh, was injured on a play trying to dive into the end zone, tore his ACL, It's going to be out for the season. Uh, Eagles went on to win that game, but they're going to be without Wentz now. Mm -hmm. They're going to be playing funk master Nicky Nick Foles, (laughs) a player that I'm familiar with from his Rams days. And... You know, we had Rodgers go down, and we're going to come back and talk about him. We had Rodgers go down earlier this season. Uh, David Johnson got hurt. Like, a lot of these big star players getting hurt, and it, re- it really sucks to see, especially for a guy like Wentz, who was probably going to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. So it remains to be seen, you know, what uh, what the Eagles are, how the Eagles are going to be. Uh, you know, they're 11-2 and two now. They've clinched the playoffs. Um, they've clinched their division, in fact. So they'll have a top-four seed. Nick Foles is not a – he's nothing to sniff at in terms of quarterbacks. He, he's won some games. He's, mm-hmm. he's thrown some touchdown passes. Yeah, he has actually better numbers over his first two seasons than Carson Wentz did. Yeah. Albeit so, that was, you know, several years ago now and a lot of different teams and different setups and and things like that. But, I mean, he's – he's because he had a lot of – he had a couple of really bad years with the Rams and yeah. I think he played for the Chiefs for a bit. Yep. We'll see. What do you – so let me ask you this. Do you think where, – where did you have the Eagles – in terms of, like, potential this season, and where do you now with Foles instead of Wentz? I think they were the clear... If, if they had home field evangelist all the way through, the way through uh, they were going to be the Super Bowl champions, I think. Yeah. Um, their defense is so damn good. They they have two of the best pass, pass rushers in the league. Uh, they can get pressure on anyone, no matter who the linemen are. They got talented receivers, a really good running game, a great offensive line. I still think they have a, a legitimate shot at winning it. I wouldn't put them as the clear number one anymore. And, and I don't really think there is a clear – like the Patriots, but even then they lost to the Dolphins mm-hmm. in a bad game. That was they, a stinker. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's a clear number one team anymore. I think it's it's really anyone shot between, like, between the Patriots and the Eagles. Those are my top two probably still. I'd put the Rams in that mix. I'd put um, the Steelers in that mix. Um, I'm always a pessimist, pessimistic <laughs> Vikings fan, so – um, if they if their offensive line is healthy, which is, remains to be seen, I think they're in that mix. But after this weekend, I don't think they are. Yeah, I had a few injuries, and it's so I look at the NFC now, and <clears throat> you've got backup quarterback in Philly, second year guy in the Rams. No one really knows what to expect out of him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings, even though Keenum has been great, he still is their second guy, mm-hmm. and their you know top running back is out. They've had some line injuries and stuff. Um, then you start looking at, like, Carolina, mm-hmm. who I really like. Um, you know, you've got Atlanta. They're coming on strong at the end of the year. Saints have kind of fallen off. I did really like them. Mm-hmm. You never know what Seattle's going to do. Um, there's so many teams in the NFC. I don't. It, 
especially now with Wentz out, I think it's anybody's NFC. Mm-hmm. What I do think this means is that I've shifted now my expectation from the NFC to the AFC for the Super Bowl champion. I think whoever can come out of probably the Steelers and Patriots, whoever can come out of the AFC is going to have a clear advantage because those are both, specifically just at quarterback, those are both multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and they're going to be going against someone who's super inexperienced on yeah, the other side. Yeah, that's true. So I think the clear advantage, at least at a quarterback position, goes over to the AFC. And so I, just, I don't know. But there are a lot of younger teams in the, in mm-hmm. the NFC. So and who, some better, I think better, there's definitely better defenses in the NFC. And then, like, the Steelers are in crazy offense right now. They're mm-hmm. they're going nuts on offense. But their defense hasn't been good. They they've they barely beat the Ravens, who aren't a good team. Mm-mm. They have a decent record, but they're not a good team. The the, the uh, Patriots lost to the Dolphins, who have Jay Cutler as their quarterback. They're not a good defense. They haven't been all year. They, they've been good the last few games, but they're not a good defense. And, and if Tom Brady is – he's hurt right now. I mean, he's got a, he's got a banged-up Achilles. He didn't look good the other night. Mm-hmm. He threw, what, th- three picks, I think? Yeah, it was ugly. I don't know if I can – you know, you got aging quarterbacks. and I mean, they've been there before, but they're you know, they're 40 and 38, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it's wide open. It's so wide open. The playoffs are going to be really exciting. Only three they weeks. They better be better than last year because they suck last, last year's year. Last year's playoffs did suck. Three weeks to go, and uh, surprise entry back into the playoff mix. Looks like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. uh, is, is kind of in line to start. He's practicing yeah. fully now. He could start this weekend against Carolina. He has been medically cleared. Packers are going to need to win out and get some help, I think, a lot to make help. it into the playoffs. Yeah, because they got teams like Seattle a game ahead of them. They got teams like the Rams who are a couple games ahead of them. Uh, they got um, Atlanta. Panthers, Atlanta, and the Saints. Like, ugh, I, I think this is dumb for him to play. I really do, because their, their shot is so far out. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably be eating my words later. No, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if they lose this Sunday, they're out. So, and they're playing the Panthers in Carolina, who are a tough team, who beat arguably one of the best teams in the league mm-hmm. last week. It'll be tough. Yeah. And the Panthers' M.O. is to beat up the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, Rodgers is definitely putting himself in imminent danger. And Rodgers came out and said that his goal isn't to make the playoffs. His goal is just to play football, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. That's not true at That's all. He, he would not be out there if they didn't have an iota of a shot. Right. I still think it it's dumb. Here's here's what I think about this. Um I think that it. I think that it's stupid, um, but I like that they're going to try. Even though it's the smarter move to sit him and play the long game and bring him back next season, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys on that team, and all of those guys work hard all the time, even when Rodgers is gone, and they deserve to not be given up on. In my opinion, if I was one of those other guys and they said, "Nope, we're going with Hunley the rest of the way. Fuck the playoffs. We don't care." Um, if I was one of those other guys, I'd, I would be pissed, you know, especially if I'm in the last year of my contract or anything like that. So mm-hmm. from that from that point of view, I like that they're at least going to try. I don't like any team giving up. I don't like teams tanking or anything like probably the Giants are going to start doing <laughs> um, I, I like that you compete until you're done. Now, right. if they get eliminated this weekend, mm-hmm. fine, take Rodgers the fuck out. That's what I say. But while they're you have a chance, I think you got to – I think as long as he's medically cleared, he wants to go, and they have a chance at the playoffs, I say get him out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that, just for the fact that he's still I mean, he's still going to be the franchise for the next few years. Mm-hmm. If he breaks it again right now, that could potentially put him at risk for starting next season. Yep. And, or, or worse, you know. Um, yes, I understand the not giving up thing, but he's really – because – so, and this is something I read. 
his shoulder is not completely healed. It's it's only eighty percent healed. In order to play, it has to be, and I don't know how you quantify that. In order to play and be cleared, your shoulder has to be eighty percent healed. Um, so that means he's not technically fully healthy. Mm. You know, I don't think it's giving up in any way. I mean, if Hunley, if if they didn't believe in Hunley, they should have found a different option. Yeah. You know, so I don't think it's giving up. I think it's just. You do what you, you play with what you got, mm-hmm. you know. And and if I was, and I know Rogers want to play, wants to play. But if I'm if I'm that team, I and you know I believe in Hunley like they all said they do. I'd say let him play and, and let Rogers go next season. Yeah, the Hunley the Hunley angle is is a, a interesting piece of this too because yeah they backed him they have been backing him this whole time they can't sign Kaepernick for God knows what reason even though Hunley's been terrible. Um, but they have won a couple games they've stayed in the mix so ah uh, who knows I don't know. Um, let me ask you this. What if Hunley can rattle off three straight and they make a playoff game? Mm-hmm. Then do you think about playing Rodgers? No, I wouldn't. So I no? mean, I mean, they, they would, but yeah, I, I would say until it's clear that his shoulder is completely healed 100%, I, I wouldn't play him. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do the rest of the way, and if he does come in, it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays. I, uh, I took a flyer on him and picked him up in my fantasy league, so <laughs> we'll see... Uh, We'll see how they how it goes this weekend as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers. I want to touch briefly on this. I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, this year 2017 has been rife with these fucking sexual allegations against these people, and um, finally it has gotten to someone that I actually genuinely have always looked up to, and that's Marshall Falk. He was a uh, he was running back for the for the St. Louis Rams at the time that won the Super Bowl. He was like my favorite person on the planet when I was between like 8 and 15 years old while he was still playing, 8 and 13 or so. And he's working for NFL Network. He has been for 10 years or so. And so it's now come out that there's a lot of um, the the typical allegations of him taking his dick out and pinching girls' asses and all this stuff on set. And it sucks because, like, this is the this is the first, for a lot of people it was like Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some it was like Louis C.K. But Marshall Falk was a big deal to me um, and was really important to me as a kid. And so now he's a piece of shit, and now I have to know that he's a piece of shit, which is really annoying. Um, obviously, you know, like we said before, it's way more annoying for the people who are the victims of this stuff. But um, this is the first one that's really – have any of these really gotten to you? Maybe Kevin Spacey? Was no. that a big one for you? Or no, even not, not really. That was just more about House of Cards. But, hey, they're continuing anyway, so good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, obviously it's shitty for the – everyone involved and it's you know it's it's angering because mm-hmm. this, sh- this shit shouldn't happen um and it's good that none of these people are gonna be you know seen again mm-hmm. but uh no I, I mean i don't really care enough about people to <laughs> um really i guess the only people i can think of that would happen would be like stone cold <laughs> stone cold steve austin or <laughs> maybe fingers crossed. or maybe kevin smith but i there's no chance he would do that so yeah well, uh, at any rate, Marshall Falk, congratulations. You get a big SoCo fuck you, and uh, we hope you get everything that's coming to you. Take away the Super Bowl rings. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Television! Let's get over to TV. We got a couple cool pieces of news here. The first one that, that I'm excited about, um, a lot of people uh, have really been into the show Dear White People on Netflix. Uh, before it came out, it was super controversial, obviously, because what if it was called Dear Black People instead? Wouldn't that be racist? No, it wouldn't. Um, but also, just a really cool show about kind of the black experience and, and racial relations and tensions. And uh, one of my favorite shows that came out this year, 
especially the Netflix specific ones. But now, big news: uh, Lena Waithe, who you might know from Master of None, she plays Dev's friend, who is a lesbian, and helped him co-write the Thanksgiving episode. That was a huge hit. They actually one, one they actually Emmy. won an Emmy for the writing of that one. First black woman to to win an Emmy. Lena Waithe is now going to be a part of Dear White People, um, which is really exciting. So she's going to, I think, bring a really cool perspective to the show uh, and a really important one. I'm, what I don't know yet is if she's only writing or if she's also going to act in the show, so we'll see. But um, something that I'm, I'm really excited about, I know you dug her on, on Master mm-hmm. of None. Um, any chance you're going to check out Dear White People? I know it's not in your wheelhouse generally, but is um. she going to bring you over? I mean, not her specifically. I like her, but um, I mean, it's not something I'd be opposed to watching. But it's just not mm-hmm. high on my list. So. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that do watch it, but those that I know that have really like it, mm-hmm. and I and I, I really like it myself too. So excited for season two to come out. Uh, I'm not sure when it does yet. I don't know if there's a release date, but uh, it might be next year. Anyway, excited for that to come out, especially now with, with her joining joining the show. Uh, speaking of Netflix release dates, though, uh, Stranger Things three season three. Not expected until 2019, so we got to wait an entire year, plus some maybe, depending because they usually release it in October. Mm-hmm. I mean, October 2019, that might be a tough wait. Two whole years, man. Those kids are gonna have beards. They better hurry up. That's what I'm <laughs> I th- saying. Honestly, I think that's why they did it. I think, think they're they gonna age them up. I think they're gonna time my person, and I have nothing to back this on. I haven't read anything, but I think they're gonna time jump a little bit. I think they're gonna go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, to let these kids go through puberty honestly i think that's that because their voices are already changing finn wolfhard we've heard on a few things his his voice is changing Mm -hmm. that's a weird point in shows when that happens and i think that's my personal opinion is it's going to time jump a couple years at least i could see that happening and then they could get more into the whole boy girl stuff yeah it's it's a little awkward them being so young and they're all kind of having their first kisses right now if they did time jump a couple years they could get a little more Mm -hmm. into their relationships and have it be less awkward yeah so maybe i could i could definitely see that being a, a good reason why uh, they want to wait on the show i just think it's gonna be weird when they come out you watch the last episode of season two and the first episode of season three mm. which that happens in all shows where there's kids goldberg's had it similarly yeah. where they all jump up you know and, <laughs> and age up so that'll be interesting but yeah two years is a long time it'll people be tough. are gonna get impatient but I, that. also at the same time it's gonna make anticipation that much higher so mm-hmm. I, I think i think it'll be a good thing yeah um, one other Netflix renewal we got was uh, Punisher Season 2, which I know a lot of people really like that. I haven't finished it yet. I've watched, like, three episodes, and we'll have a TV corner on that soon, I think, now that all my shows are in mid-season break. But I'm excited for that. I'm glad, because John, I know John Bernthal really likes who's, who is the Punisher in the show. He, he really loves this. I've listened to a couple of interviews. He loves the source material. Um, he loves playing that character. So, uh, good. I'm happy for it. The Punisher, a really big... From what I've heard, really critically well-received and well-received by the fans, so good that they're uh, getting that one a season two. I know that there's another big show that you've been watching, uh, one of your favorites, also got a renewal for another season? Yeah, Mr. Robot. Season four got announced today, which is, we're recording on Wednesday, which is the day of the finale, season three finale, so it's good to know that they get another season, that tonight won't be the end, there's not, not that stress involved. If it, wait, it takes another year and a half, I'll be pissed, <laughs> but... This season has been awesome. We'll have a full TV corner in that next week. But spoilers, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a lot of folks really dig Mr. Robot. I know you've turned a couple of our friends onto it, and, and they're really digging it too. Also, we got some news out of the CW universe. Sounds like we're going to get a, one of our favorite characters back. <laughs> yeah, um, on Arrow, which has actually been – I've enjoyed it. The last, the, the last end of last season and this season has been pretty solid. 
Um, but we're getting back from season two, I think is or no, he's in season one. Uh, Roy Harper, aka well, Colton Haynes, aka uh, Roy Harper, the Red Arrow slash Arsenal, will be returning for a, a short arc. I uh, said so multiple episode arc, so that's good. It'll be good. They mentioned him this week actually um, on on the show, and and now it sounds like he'll be back on episode fifteen. I think is when he'll be back. So I'm excited to see him. It, it'll be a, a good dynamic, uh, especially with the this midseason kind of ended with the team in turmoil so it'll be good to have another old face there mm-hmm. yeah i really like colton haynes as an actor i've seen him in a few things now and, and he does a good job and i i really i was still watching arrow when mm-hmm. it was when he was on it yeah and uh, i liked his character too i think he's really interesting so pretty cool that they're that they're gonna bring him back yeah we've got uh some pretty intense character news from another big show i want to very adamantly and very specifically point out to folks that there are going to be some serious spoilers Mm -hmm. for the latest episode of The Walking Dead. And so, again, do not listen to this anymore if you're watching The Walking (laughs) Dead. Check the the timestamps and jump ahead if you don't want major, major, major plot spoilers Mm -hmm. for The Walking Dead. So with that said, tell us how the the latest season ended here. Yeah, so this is the kind of mid-season brief wrap up um and really i mean there's not even if i wanted to go in length about it there's not much i could go in length about because the entire season has done the same thing it's we're in the middle of a war between um negan the saviors and every other group basically the whole basically the the first couple episodes the the saviors ended up being attacked by all these groups and then they set up the these groups rick and everyone they set up a plan to get walkers to surround the zombies to surround the camp the saviors live in they took out all these outposts that the saviors have and then the main people where negan is they got them trapped and then these this last episode they finally got out so this is eight episodes i think so from episode two to episode eight they finally got out of this so that's six six episodes like almost in some episodes are hour and a half so over six hours of just watching them talk (laughs) like that's all that happened um so this final episode we had the mid-season break Negan got out, and he's kind of causing hell. There's been this small little storyline with Carl, where he he sees this guy that's just attacking walkers, and Rick's like, stop helping him. And Carl's like, that's kind of the, our point, is to save people, right? Like, he wants to save everyone. He doesn't want to kill the saviors. And so there, and I didn't notice this until I read about later, but there's a scene where Carl is trying to save this guy, and he gets knocked down by some some zombies, and the guy ends up saving him. So we get to this this finale, and Rick and the group and everyone is they're all basically the tables are turned. Negan is is back in control of this whole thing. They all have to escape through these sewers, and there's this music playing. And they started the season with this montage of people's faces, all the group's faces, and kind of where they're at now. They did the same thing for this mid season finale, and. The slow montage and people are kind of like looking sad and stuff and rick and michonne who are a couple now they're walking down to the end of the sewer and carl's sitting there on, on the ground and he's looking all white-faced and pale and and sweaty and stuff and he lifts up his shirt and there's a walker bite there's some there's some bites on him and carl basically leaves with this inspirational message like basically it's along the lines of save everyone you know save the people he can he, it's real short and i can't i couldn't even understand what he fucking said um, so yeah, Carl's gonna be dead. So uh, they they said that he might appear in the first couple because he's had this bite for what has been a couple weeks in the show. It seems like so because it wasn't like it was just a skin type thing. It wasn't something where you know it was spreading really fast. So 
he might be in the first couple episodes of the next season and then die. The rumor is that he is wanting to go to college, so he's like, I want to be off the show. So, the actor? Yeah. yeah. Chandler Riggs. I don't really care. Like, for me, the show is, I'm watching it, I'm enjoying parts of it. Uh, I do like Negan, but it's it's just not written well at all. It drags on forever, and it's like watching Blade Runner. <laughs> um, and so, like, I wasn't upset when Carl died. Like, I, I didn't really care. I was like, I wasn't like, oh. Like, when Glenn died a couple years ago, was it last year? It was last year. Well, there was even the season before where they thought he was dead. I was like, kind of, oh, this sucks. Um, really, the only characters at this point that I would be, like, pissed about would be probably Michonne, because she's badass, and the only action in this fucking show, <laughs> Rick and Daryl. Um, maybe Carol a little bit. So the originals. I only care about the original people, and Carl's like one of the last few originals. So I don't know. It's whatever. Just keep killing them. I don't care. <laughs> Show's got to end sometime soon. The show does have to end sometime soon. And um, yeah, Carl. <laughs> Carl is everyone, Carl. Everyone loves to hate Carl. So I'm sure that it's actually flipped in the last the last few years. People like him better. Now? Yeah, people like him now because he's not a whiny child anymore. Mm. <laughs> he's actually they've actually gave him a little bit of depth and stuff. So. Well, if you're wanting to reminisce about Carl, uh, we're going to link in his in his memory, we're going to link down below to the bad lip reading of him. <laughs> Carl Papa. Carl Papa, the rap song. We're going to, I'll put it under the secret link so that way it's not a spoiler for people who are skipping this section, but go down there and check out Carl doing a sweet ass rap uh, if you want to check out some, uh, some Carl goodness. movie all right we have a a ton of movie news to get to here and where to start we got a big new trailer uh, over this last weekend for a movie seth that i you know um you and i are heavily looking forward to based Mm -hmm. on one of our favorite books ready player one ready player one one yeah one of my favorite books ever i love that book so much yeah they released a trailer a full trailer they had kind of a teaser not too long ago but now they released a full trailer so a couple things i don't want to spoil anything for you on it because i know and you've already read the book but i don't mm-hmm. want anything to be spoiled in terms of the movie uh there's just a couple things the trailer is actually a lot of fun um there are some differences from the book but it's the trailer so much fun there's some there's some good music there's a, a couple there's a good he does a good monologue at the beginning kind of about who he is and, and all the stuff you already know from reading the book and then there's the last minute and a half is uh jump by Van Halen, that song. <laughs> so, and it, there's just some sweet action going through it, and you see all the characters, and it goes along with it. It's a lot of fun. I know there's been some of those in the past, like Suicide Squad, that have had that, but this one, it seems, I, I believe, way more in Spielberg, Spielberg than I do that other person who directed that garbage movie. <laughs> but it does look like the source material, material is going to be adjusted all, uh, a pretty decent amount. Um, a, you can't fit that book into two hours. And, and B, not people nowadays aren't don't care about the 80s nostalgia especially the people they're trying to get to come to this movie Mm -hmm. so you got some new characters i know we talked about this already tracer um, from overwatch is going to be in there holly quinn and joker were in there chucky's in there who is from the 80s but not in the book um there's a couple of king kongs in there like there there's some i know there's even some vehicles in there that weren't in the book too so even that whole you watch the teaser right Mm -hmm. That that whole scene where they're on the road driving their vehicles that I, that didn't happen in the book. I don't think that's anywhere near the book. Um, so th- they're gonna add some stuff, and they have to in order to make it more appealing to people now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm still uh, I'm still excited for this one. I, even though I yeah, you're right. They're probably gonna make a lot of changes. 
What I liked about the book was not the nostalgia and the Easter eggs and crap like that. It was the story. Yeah. And and the, and Wade and the other characters and what they actually have to do. Mm-hmm. Whatever they want to surround them with is fine with me, I guess. Right. I just hope that they get the core plot at least close yeah. and and have the same themes and things like that. Um, and just stay, keep the spirit of the book. Yeah. They can dress it up however the hell they want. Yeah. I, that's, but that's, that's what I was thinking, too, is... If they, because reading that book, it quickly changes. Well, I guess the first part of the book, because the book really takes part, even though it's not written that way, it takes part in three three parts. Mm-hmm. It, it goes over three parts basically. And after that first part, I think once they get the introductions done and the world is built, then that's when the book really took off for me. And if they can build those relationships and the characters, and just kind of the the feel of it, because it feels like a like an action. It has an action feel. It has a mystery feel. It has there's like a prison type movie in there too. Like there's so much to it. Um, if they can capture just that that core, like you said, with with Wade and Artemis and H, if they can get though that core right there, perfect. I think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, we shall see. I know we're going to be there night one. Uh, we got to wait till March though, so yeah. a couple a couple more months. Speaking of waits, uh, finally got a, a a release date for a movie. I know I'm looking forward to it's it's Pet Cemetery, which is a remake. Um, another adaptation of a Stephen King movie. Um, probably wanting to get that hot off the heels of, of the success of It. So we're going to get Pet Cemetery um, in April of 2019. So still got about a year and a half to wait on that, but I know that's one that I'm looking forward to and a lot of other folks are as well. A movie that's a little bit closer than that, uh, looking at about November of 2018, Creed 2. Creed 2. Big sequel to uh, the surprise hit from a couple of years ago, I think, Creed uh, which was fantastic. I would have loved it no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would have loved it no matter what, but it was objectively a really good movie. Yeah. A lot of folks liked it a lot. <laughs> and, you know, we talked a, a few weeks, uh, maybe a month or two ago, about the direction they're going with the mm-hmm. Creed 2 and how schmalty it is. Maybe it just got a little bit less schmalty? Yeah, we got a new director. Uh, Stallone gave up directing duties to Stephen Capel, who isn't, he's an unknown. He's done one movie. This is the same thing that happened with the first Creed. Ryan Coogler had done one movie, Fruitvale Station, unknown movie. I mean, the very few people saw that movie and killed it. And now he's in charge of Black Panther. So I, I, I'm not, with it being an unknown, I'm not worried about it. Um, I think that I think that they'll kind of go along the lines of the same thing. And, and even though that the story so far sounds kind of you know cheesy with, with the Drago thing and, and having him back, I think having a different, someone with a different directorial you know, the directorial vision in this one will be better than having Stallone in it. Because Stallone still, I think, it sounds like he's still writing it. And I know he helped a lot with the story. He wrote the original story for Creed, and I think that it got changed, so that might happen again. Um, he helped with a lot of the fighting in this one and was just there. You know, he, he was there to, to help direct it along kind of in that way. So I think the same thing will happen in this one. Um, but you got everyone coming back. Stallone, Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson's, confirmed she's coming back i know there's questions about that she's confirmed she's coming back so i'm excited i I would watch a hundred rocky movies (laughs) yeah this one should be cool i'm glad that they went away with it went away from having stallone as the director i think stallone uh smells his own farts a lot and and just gets carried away with with shit when he writes and directs (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) so uh i'm glad that they're gonna have kind of another a different visionary like you said come in and and talk about it so shortly before creed 2 we're gonna get a venom movie Mm -hmm. so this is made by sony it's it's kind of spun off 
from the Spider-Man universe. Going to focus in on the single character, Venom. Mm -hmm. He's going to be played by Tom Hardy, it sounds like. And uh, we've got another named star of this, another co-star of his. Yeah, Woody Harrelson talks to join the movie. So, um, not a named part yet. It sounds like the, preliminarily they've said that he's kind of a henchman. Thought I just had. What if he's Carnage? Dude. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet, right? He could be such a good Carnage. He'd be really good Carnage because he's such a good asshole. Yeah. Um, he was he was amazing in War of the Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. And. He gets, he's been cast in these asshole roles recently. He, he plays a really good asshole. He was in that Glass Castle movie, which I never saw, as an asshole. Was he an asshole, though? I don't remember. He was a dad. He was a dad. Yeah. Did he do some asshole things, though? He was kind know. of a piece of shit dad. Yeah. Um, he was he's kind of an asshole in Three Billboards at first. He's awesome, though. I, I love Woody Harrelson. Um, he's, he played an asshole at first in, uh, in Zombieland, too. So yeah. he would be, I think that would be a great Carnage movie. And I didn't even think about this till now, but I think that would be, that's the smart thing to do. I think if 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 I'm in this movie and then they introduce Carnage, yeah. I'm gonna shit in my pants because <laughs> he is by far my favorite mm -hmm. Spider-Man villain. He is totally evil, mm -hmm. and if as soon as they get Carnage in whatever form, as soon as they get him on screen, I think it's gonna be really tight. Yeah. So we'll see whether or not that's Woody Harrelson. I'm just excited that he's even you know uh, a part of it um, because that you know anything he's in to me it ha has generally been good. So I always I always like seeing his name on projects. We've got two movies to review this week, um, two that have been kind of in, in a little bit of Oscar conversation. Uh, the first is, is Marshall, and it it, it uh, stars Chadwick Boseman, who's playing Thurgood Marshall, who, if you don't know, is the first black person to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, the movie Marshall takes place much earlier than that, though. He's still a young lawyer working for the NAACP, kind of traveling around the country and working on cases... Um, specifically for, for black defendants who they believe have not been fairly treated. And so this one has, you know, Marshall goes in to, I believe it's Connecticut. So he travels to Connecticut to help defend a man who has been accused of a rape, and and they think he's innocent. So they're there to help him on the trial. And it's a really, really good film. Um, it To me, it, it's not recreating any wheels. Um, it's a lot of what you would expect. There's some... There's some difficulties because of race. Uh, there's a, some good racism in this. But I think the performances were really good in this one, specifically Chadwick Boseman. Josh Gad had a really surprisingly mm -hmm. good performance and a more dramatic role and not so much a comedy. Um, so for me, what shined in this movie were the performances. Uh, the, the writing and the plot didn't, uh, like I said, didn't recreate any wheels for me. Um, but... The performances were really good in this. What, yeah. what what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it way more than I than I anticipated. I, it, I know it's gotten good reviews, but um, I thought that Bozeman was was great. Uh, he had a really good performance. Uh, Josh Gad had a way better performance than I expected. Mm -hmm. Like you said, uh, Sterling K. Brown was in this as well. Uh, he did his usual one tear down the middle of his face <laughs> cry like he does in This Is Us. That was pretty awesome. Uh, his performance anyway, not the crying. Um, I mean, yeah, the great like you said, great performances. Thurgood Marshall's obviously someone we've all learned about um but i didn't really know a ton about him otherwise not, not really you know other than like brown versus the board of education um i don't really know a lot of his cases and this is kind of a lesser known one that's mm -hmm. in the movie and it was really interesting I, I liked it quite a bit it was cool definitely got that kind of historical biopic feel um it's a lot of you know sitting and talking obviously it's not a lot of action it's a court movie mm -hmm. so if you're into court movies or anything that's sort of civil rights based or or like racial um you know talking about racial uh, racial experiences uh, definitely check this one out if if 
And if you don't like any of those things, come for the performances. Mm-hmm. Because I thought Josh Gad, like we said a couple times, Josh Gad was excellent and Chadwick Boseman was outstanding. Let me ask you this, Seth. Do you think that there's an opportunity for either of those guys to get nominated? No, I don't think so. No? Um, after, and we'll talk about the Golden Globes here in a bit, seeing seeing kind of that list um, and, and what's kind of be coming up, I, I think this is a movie that's going to be kind of by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So yours actually pretty strong. So Yeah, it is ended up being a strong year, um, and, and we'll get into the Globes in a second. We've got another movie to review. But in general, uh, this definitely gets a recommend from us, Marshall. Yeah. Don't miss it. It's going to be easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Try not to miss this one. G- give it a shot if you get a chance. Um, I know it's still on limited release, so you might be able to catch it in a theater near you, but uh, it gets a thumbs up from us. So take a look at that one if, if you can. Yep. Another one, and, and we'll probably be a little bit longer on this one because <laughs> we so we went and saw the Disaster Artist last. Oh week. hi, Mark. Oh hi, Mark. And if you don't know about the Disaster Artist, uh, just Google it and read a little bit about it um, briefly. It's about the making of a movie that was called The Room, and The Room is widely regarded as like the Citizen Kane of bad movies or the worst <laughs> movie of all time. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> uh, and it is. The Room in and of itself is hilarious. to It's like one of those so bad it's good It's movies. incredible. And the circumstances around how it was made are so hilarious and outlandish and crazy weird that you would never expect them to be true. But this movie, The Disaster Artist, is based on a memoir by Greg Sestero, who was a producer and one of the stars of that film, The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. He's Mark, yeah. So... James Franco and his his group of buddies, uh, Dave Franco is his co-star, Greg. Uh, you have some Seth Rogen in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a ton of cameos in A lot this of cameos in this one. And it, it, it follows the making of the movie The Room. And it, it's got all of the strange comedy and all of these things. And as outlandish as it seems, most of the stories that they tell in this are totally true, yeah. which makes it even more hilarious. It's so good. The... the, the the biggest thing about this movie is the main character, Tommy Wiseau. He is the weirdest man that I've ever heard of. And you'll have to give him a Google, read a little bit about him. Yeah, there's actually a really good, even if you don't, so this movie is going to be in theaters more, I think, here in the coming weeks. Um, so definitely, for one, check it out. Before you do, though, if you can watch The Room, like you can buy it on Amazon for 11 bucks. Yeah. Um, so I would make that investment because it's awesome. But if you don't want to make that investment or you don't have time to, uh, sit down and watch it. Watch. There's a Watch Mojo top ten. Is it Watch Mojo? Is that yeah. what it is? Watch Mojo. Watch Mojo top ten, um, like moments from the room, and it it has all. I think all of them in, in the movie that that are kind of the main ones that everyone knows. So at least watch that because yeah. that'll at least give you an idea of like how fucking bad this movie is. <laughs> we'll link to that down below. Make sure you check that out. It helps. So talking specifically about the disaster artist now. Um, Seth, you and I both saw The Room, and we, we enjoyed our experiences seeing that. And so we had a little bit more of context going into The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. something that I think definitely helped enjoy the movie, yeah. but is not necessary. Like, you could no. still enjoy this movie a lot without having seen it. You'd agree? Yeah, you can. I, I think it, it definitely it, it definitely makes it more enjoyable, though, to, to watch the movie first. I think the movie is good in itself, but... Uh, it makes more sense. Disaster, disaster artist makes more sense and is just more enjoyable because you see these moments coming, and you appreciate them way more. Yep. So James Franco stars as Tommy Wiseau, and he does a perfect impression, <laughs> or he acts perfectly uh-huh. as Tommy Wiseau. 
Um, you have Dave Franco plays his co-star Greg Sestero. Mm-hmm. They're kind of they're pretty much the movie mm-hmm. between the two of them. And this movie is is exceptionally funny. Mm-hmm. Everything they do in this is hilarious. It's got some I think some nice sort of serious heartfelt moments. Yeah, there are some times when you kind of feel. You know, you spend most of the movie laughing at how bad these guys mm-hmm. are, but there are some moments where I think genuinely you feel yeah. bad for them. Yeah. And I felt that a lot. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting. You get a behind-the-scenes look of what goes into making a movie. You know, I think at one point or another, I think it's occurred to a lot of movie fans, like, I should just try to make a movie. This movie shows you how bad of an idea that is yeah. <laughs> to just do. Well, even even worse, though, is that, so he wants to make a movie, make, make a great American movie, like he says, <laughs> and but he has somehow the financial backing to spend over $6 million on. Like, if we made a movie, we would spend, if we really put our effort into it, maybe $1,000 on it. <laughs> and he spent $6 million. Yep. He was, every choice that they made was it. just in total excess and very silly and stupid. <laughs> it, this, this whole movie is... Just totally rife with scenes that are just totally off the wall, mm-hmm. hilarious scenes that are totally true. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is really enjoyable about this. James Franco got a lot of, been getting a little bit of swell in terms of like a best actor mm-hmm. sort of nomination. Um, now, having seen this, what do you think of that? Do you think it's well-founded? Do you think it will continue? Um, I think I think he has the Globes by far and away locked down. Because uh, the Globes is, is, the Golden Globes are divided by best uh, actor and picture for a drama and then best actor um, for a musical and comedy. And he's got comedy down. Um, I think he'll get nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if he'll win it. Um, I don't think he'll win it. But uh, he'll definitely win the musical and drama. Yeah, I like it. Or musical and comedy, sorry. Yeah, he is is hilarious in this. Even when he's just trying to say a regular-ass sentence, he's hilarious, just Mm -hmm. because the character he's playing is Mm -hmm. totally, totally funny. Um, I don't want to talk too much plot of this movie because you really have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Honestly, if we if we read you the script, you wouldn't believe that it was a real movie. But I think it was really well put together, very well written, very well acted, um, and very well shot. Everything, you know, James Franco also directed this. I mm-hmm. thought he did a hell of a job. This and- movie took a low-budget piece-of-shit movie and... And oh. made the making of it, well, low enough, <laughs> made the making of it look like a total, an actual Hollywood production. Yeah. I, th- I was super impressed with it. Yeah, I was too. Um, yeah, he completely transformed himself. Uh, there there was a time we even talked about it where, because I thought going in knowing Dave Franco, obviously he's his brother and they look a pretty good amount alike, I thought maybe that distract me. You you lose James Franco in, in him being Tommy Wiseau. The only time that I did not even like think about it him not being him being James Franco until at the end they do a side by side with shots from the room and shots from their version of the room. That's when you can see he's James, James Franco because actual Tommy Wiseau is there. But un, until then, you don't realize it's him. Yep, he totally disappears into the role, which is hysterical. And they're also they've also said that he stayed in character as to Tommy it. to direct the whole movie, which I think Seth Rogen said was fucking weird. Yeah. I think is what he said. Yeah. So it, it it looked like they had so much fun filming this and it turned out really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, A twenty four backed them on this one and it's another hit for them. We just talked about Ladybird a couple weeks ago, which mm-hmm. I just saw this week and was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this was a big a big hit, I think, and I think it's gonna definitely find an audience when it gets a wider release. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's still unlimited. This gets a super, super recommend from us. Make sure you get out and go see the disaster artist, if you haven't yet, wherever yeah. wherever you can find it. Oh yeah, the Golden Globes. 
Is that the sounder? I have no idea. Okay, we'll go, we'll go with that as the sounder. <laughs> so we got some Golden Globe nominations in the last week, so we want to talk through some of them. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot because it's it's TV and movies. I really just want to kind of hit on the main ones and some surprises because there was a lot of surprises this year. So, so like I said before, drama and uh, musical and comedy are the two for movies. Um, drama for best picture, we got Call Me by Your Name, uh, which is one a lot of people have for a favorite for Oscar. Um, Dunkirk. We both saw that, loved it. The Post uh, comes out here in a few weeks. Really excited to see that. The Shape of Water, a lot of people love that movie. Excited to see that. And then Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, For Best Motion Picture for Musical Comedy, Disaster Artist, uh, Get Out. (laughs) I forgot about this. Yeah. Uh, The Greatest Showman, which comes out in a few weeks um, with uh, Hugh Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. He's singing singing a bunch of stuff. I, Tanya, and then Lady Bird. I think all I haven't seen all those. The ones I have seen on there, I think, deserve to be in those. Uh, one huge snub, though, and I'm pissed about it. The Big Sick, that movie should be yeah, in music, what the hell? that should easily be in musical comedy. It, greatest Showman, I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard like it's the most amazing movie. That um, should at least beat that movie out, I think. But yeah, that kind of pissed me yeah, off. Yeah, that does sound like a snub. That's too bad. Um, best actress for uh drama we got jessica chastain for Mo- molly's game which comes out in a couple weeks that movie looks awesome I'm i can't wait to see, to see that. that um the shape of water sally hawkins who's the main main girl in that one that looks re- again looks really good francis mcdermott who i've who i was preaching about uh with my review of that meryl streep obviously it's a given every year and then uh, michelle williams for all the money in the world so nothing really surprising there in terms of who's being nominated well actually a little bit all the money in the world Tell me who's seen that movie because they just finished filming a week ago, two weeks ago. Oh yeah. Uh, how that this is the one thing about the Globes that is kind of discouraging because there's not I don't think there's a, a a whole group of people like there is for the Oscars. Like obviously people who the Academy gets screeners and stuff. I don't think there's that same thing with these. And so I a lot of times movies just get thrown in there. Um, there was a movie a couple of years ago that I remember hearing on a podcast that was nominated a lot. And people just shat on it. It came out after the Globes, and people just shat on it. Mm. So it's the Globes is is a litmus test a little bit for the for the Oscars, but and I'm sure this movie's really good. I'm excited to see it because it has all the buzz around it. But um, Christopher Plummer, I don't want to go in supporting and stuff like that. Christopher Plummer also got nominated, which great. You know, he re- replaced shitty ass Kevin Spacey, but no one's seen this movie yet. Yeah, that and is like, really weird. And I'm sure people have seen. I know people have seen, like, Greatest Showman. That's not out yet. So I don't know. It, it, it Globes is kind of a joke sometimes. Yeah, you do have to take them with a grain of salt. But of the ones who we've seen, mm-hmm. definitely sounds like some deserving yeah. some deserving nomination. Um, actor in a drama, uh, Timothy Chambelay uh, for Call Me By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis for Th- Phantom Thread, which I've heard incredible things about that movie, and especially his performance. Tom Hanks for The Post. Gary Oldman, who... I've heard he is a lock for not the, only this, but for but Best Oscar. Actor. Yeah, yep. so he completely, just like James Franco, <laughs> he completely transforms. Yeah. Um, Gary then, Oldman was at least as good as James Franco, yeah. is what I'm hearing. And then Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. So I know you liked that movie, his I like performance. That, I liked his performance in that movie more than I liked the movie itself. Glad to see him get a nomination. Don't think he's got a shot at winning it. Yep. Best Actress for Musical or Comedy, Judy Dench for Victoria and Abdul. Didn't see that one. Um can't really comment. Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, which I've heard is is a kind of a dark horse for... Sounds like she'll be nominated for Oscar, but dark horse to win it. Uh, Sir Sharonin for Lady Bird, which that's my personal pick. I liked her a lot. Um, Emma Stone for Battle of the Sexes. I saw that movie as well. Um, 
I liked her performance quite a bit. I like that movie a lot. Um, we'll see. I'd, I'd, I'd root for it because I love Emma Stone. She's America's sweetheart. No, and not. Helen Mirren <laughs> for The Leisure Seeker. Didn't see that one at all. Um, can't really comment about that one. So let's see here. Best Director, Guillermo del Toro for Shape of Water. Uh, Martin McDonough for Three Billboards. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. Uh, Ridley Scott. Again, another one. Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World. <laughs> um, and Steven Spielberg for The Post. So those nothing huge surprising there. That's a stacked. Uh, that's a stacked category. Yeah, that's a lot of big names. Yeah, um, and then finally for movies, um, we got best actor in a musical or comedy. Steve Carell, Battle of the Sexes. Again, I thought his performance was really good. I, you know, I'd be rooting for him. Ansel Elgort for Baby Driver, which is kind of a surprise. Definitely a surprise. Um, James Franco for Disaster Artist. Uh, Hugh Jackman for A Greatest Showman, and then I uh, can't pronounce the main actor for Get Out. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya. There you go. So. Uh, with that, so with Get Out, it's interesting to me because mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to to compare Daniel Kaluuya to James Franco, mm-hmm. and that's why I hate this category. Um, I hope Daniel Kaluuya wins because he deserves to be recognized for that performance. But the fact that it's categorized as comedy musical makes me think that probably it should be James Franco or maybe Hugh Jackman if if his movie's great because mm-hmm. he does an excellent. I think he was nominated for Les Mis, um, and his singing and stuff is great. So. The same goes for the comedy movies, mm-hmm. where I want Get Out to win every award it's nominated for. I think it deserves it. It's it's still still my favorite movie so far, I think, this year. Um, but if you're talking about a comedy and then you compare it to something that is a comedy, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to to give it that award. So yeah. it's it's really conflicting the way they do the Globes. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I don't think he has a shot to beat Franco. I don't think so either. Um, all right, so we'll move on to TV real quick here. Um, best TV series for a drama, and again, it is uh, it is broken up that way too between musical and, and comedy and drama. Uh, best TV series for a drama, The Crown, which got a lot of recognition at the Emmys, Game of Thrones, now that the season's done, they can include it in there, Handmaid's Tale, which won at the Emmys, Stranger Things, and This Is Us. Um Nothing really surprising there at all. TV is a little bit less of a surprise in that category. The next one, though, is a little bit of a surprise uh, for one of the nominees. Um, so best performance by an actress in a TV series for a drama. Um, can't pronounce this one at all. <laughs> Kate, Kate Riona Balf, Balfi, I don't know, for a show called Outlander. I never saw that. Don't know who that is. Claire Foy for The Crown. Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Deuce, which is one I actually wanted to watch. I want to check that out. That's um, HBO, right? Yes. Jim Frank was in it. Yep. yep. Um, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale given she won the she won the the emmy and then finally this one surprised me i'm very happy about it because she was the best part of the show by far um but katherine langford who played hannah baker in 13 reasons why um, yeah i do remember she seeing was that. really good and no matter what you say about that show she was easily the best part of that show um and she had a really good performance um i'm excited for her at least getting nominated and getting some attention that made me happy uh so good for her yeah, it's good that it's getting attention. I think this is more of I think this is definitely like a popularity pick, because Thirteen Reasons was such a phenomenon. Yeah, but you know? I think she had a good performance. I she was she, good. She she was, really I don't want to take away from that. She was very, very good. Uh-huh. Um, I would be interested to see who the first person out was mm-hmm. that they kicked out to put her in. Yeah. Because when I was watching it, I was like, "That's really good." I wasn't saying I wasn't thinking she needs an award. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was kind of a there's a nice debate going on online about this I saw yeah. about whether she deserves it um, I think she's getting extra points for how popular the show mm-hmm. became but um, don't want to take away from yeah. it was a really good performance yeah she deserved it the other performances weren't so good um, some of them but she was really good um, best actor in a TV series for a drama Sterling K. Brown who won the Emmy I'm always rooting for him mm-hmm. he's awesome uh, Freddie Highmore for The Good Doctor um, he was was he in The Bates Motel is that what he yep. did okay 
Uh, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, always rooting for him. Liev Schreiber for Ray Donovan. He's always nominated. He never wins, but he's always nominated. And then one I'm happy about, the last one, Jason Bateman for Ozark. Oh, uh, cool. That he, did, he had a really good performance in that show. Uh, I enjoy that. Best TV series for a musical or comedy. Blackish, uh, which is one you love. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. I haven't really never heard, heard of that, that show, but I've never watched it. Master of None, which we both love. Uh, Smilf. Uh, don't know what that is. <laughs> Sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Will and Grace, which that'll be nominated. One, people are actually pretty upset. Uh, one snub there was Veep. People were really upset about yeah, Veep. Yeah, what the hell? There. Now, I, I, I did say before when we talked to Emmy, is I thought Veep had a bit of a down season. Yeah. But a down Veep season is still way better than almost every other <laughs> yeah. show. So, yeah, that, that was one that was people are upset about. Um, best actor, performance by an actor in a TV uh, series for musical comedy, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, uh, Z's and Sorry for Master of None. That's the one I'm laughing at because I never heard of the show. Um, Kevin Bacon for I Love Dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're immature, but that's so hilarious. Uh, William H. Macy for Shameless, and then Eric McCormack for Will and Grace. Um, and then Best Performance by an Actress for, for a TV series, uh, Pamela Adlon for Better Things. I think she was an actress on Louie? She, she had... might have been on Louie, but uh, I do want to check out her Better Things. I think yeah. she's a single mom. It's on FXX. Um is a ray for insecure never heard of that uh rachel brosnahan for marvelous mrs mazel again don't really know that frankie shaw for smilf and then my personal favorite the one i'm happiest about allison brie for glow uh, oh good for her yeah that i that show is is re- i really enjoyed that show being a wrestling fan but just as a show in general is good and her performance is clearly the best in that show um so i'm excited for her i i'm rooting for her i don't know who'll win that because i have only watched that show um out of those people but yeah, so I've seen a couple episodes of Insecure. I really like the main character played by Issa Rae, so I- I'm glad she's nominated. Insecure is interesting. Uh, it's an HBO show mm. about a black woman who's kind of in the dating cycle and those things like that. So glad to see her nominated. I, I have only barely started the show, but mm-hmm. I hear I hear that people who watch it really enjoy it, so okay. that's a good nom. Um, that's it for like the main shows. I do want to touch on a couple things. Uh, limited series or motion picture made for television. The Sinner got nominated. Very happy about that. As well as um, Jessica Biel got nominated for Best Actress in a limited series. So that makes me very happy. I'm hoping it does well. She's against some pretty tough competition in that in that uh, category. She's against Nicole Kidman, who won for Big, Big Little Lies at the Emmys. Um, Jessica Lange, who's big actress susan sarandon who's a big actress and reese witherspoon for big little eyes again so that's tough and i don't know if she'll win uh, but i hope she does because she was awesome i don't know why like so some of the i think the supporting people um are some 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 of the shows we we enjoy stranger things for one like david harbour got nominated in best supporting for a limited series that's not a limited series right same thing with christian slater got nominated for mr robot not a that's not a, that's you know that's a continuing series um for supporting actress uh and dowd for handmaid's tale um who won at the emmys that's not a limited series um chrissy metz for this is us not, not a, a limited, limited series. series so i don't i don't understand that and again that's kind of why the golden globes is it's it's the wild wild west in turn it's it's only been around for 20 some years there's not it's not a, a regulated thing like the emmys or the the oscars really are so mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, it's exciting to see this now and kind of get everything ramped up towards um, the Oscars, and but it, it's definitely not as prestigious as those other things. Like I would, I know Sterling K. Brown's excited to be nominated, but I know he's if he doesn't win, he doesn't care. He has an Emmy. That's the mm-hmm. thing that matters way more. So, 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Definitely, uh, it's a fun way to kind of start into the Oscar conversation, which is very exciting for us, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that in the in the coming couple months. What's the date on the Globes? Correction to my earlier statement: the Golden Globes has been around for seventy five years. So Golden Globes, Golden Globes, Golden Globes are gonna take place on January seventh. <laughs> um, hosted by Seth Meyers, which actually that kind of excites me. I like him a lot. That should be fun. Um, and it's that happens right before shows start coming back, so I might check it out. Actually, might yeah, I'm excited to, to watch it. They they don't take themselves as seriously as the Oscars mm-hmm. do, so uh, definitely I'm gonna check it out. And and here on the show, we'll uh, we'll make our predictions before the Globes and talk a little bit of a little more in depth about some of our favorites and who we think should win as the date gets closer. Hey, make sure you're going out to YouTube. Check out Jared Buckendall's page for all the latest reviews. Uh, I know this weekend we're going to go see Star Wars. Yeah. So we'll have a new ride home up there soon for Star Wars. Obviously, Jared's going to have a review as well. Yeah, check out Jared. Uh, once you once you see Disaster Artist, because you're going to see it, um, check out his review for it. Uh, saying him with Star Wars, he had, a, he had a, a cool video about kind of the top three things that would ruin Star Wars if, if they happen, and that was pretty inter- interesting. I agree with a lot of what he said. And then he also did a trailer reaction to Ready Player One, which was, which was really good as well. So check those out. Yeah, Jared's staying busy over there. Make sure you give him a, a like, follow, and subscribe, and all of those good things. You can see him uh, on Twitter, at Jared Buckendall. Uh, I'm there at underscore Cody Michael. Seth is at Seth Bum Rush. Oat, at Bum Rush. Uh, you can follow the show at SoCo Show Pod for all the latest updates, and uh, you'll find out first when the episodes drop. You can also find out when episodes drop if you're subscribed to us wherever you're listening to podcasts, whether it be Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Wherever it is you find podcasts, you should be able to find us. So, And if you're listening to, to us, if you're listening to us, you have to, in order to continue to listen to us, you have to make three other friends listen as well. That's not a... That's a, that's a that's, rule. That's a, it's, it's a recommendation. That'd be really cool if you guys did that. <laughs> no, it's a rule. Okay, well... We'll, we'll figure it, We'll figure out who's not doing it, and we'll shut off your access to the internet. We're in contact with Santa Claus, so we're going to know when you're sleeping, and when you're... I don't want to put that vision. Seth's not watching you sleep, guys. Don't worry about that. Make sure you go over to Podknife and uh, leave us a review on there. You can follow them on Twitter, at Podknife, as well. That's also a requirement. You have to make your friends leave three reviews each. Yeah. There's, there's all these requirements now to be a fan of this. Yep. So... Be, be a serious fan of us, guys. Yeah, because you guys haven't been supportive, so. <laughs> <laughs> Seth's putting all the followers on blast. Yeah. Kind of like Netflix is doing to their people. Yep. Well, uh, I'll be a lot nicer, and I just want to wish everybody a good week. Enjoy your Star Wars. We'll be back next week to talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit more. So, for the so-host, Seth Ott, this is the co-host, <laughs> Cody Michael, signing off. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ray Dyson, first five minutes, Star Wars. <laughs>